Our text is from John chapter 18, these words, My kingdom is not of this world. That is our text for this evening. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, the theme for this evening's service, the theme is return to the kingdom of God. By the expression kingdom of God, what is meant is that kingdom ruled by our King Jesus. The kingdom, this kingdom, is in fact mentioned in his very first sermon, in the very first sermon of Jesus, found in the Gospel of Mark, the very first chapter, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is message, this proclamation of the kingdom of God by Jesus was called then by the evangelist Mark in that same chapter, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so it, it is this gospel of the kingdom of God that the disciples of Jesus were to proclaim when they were sent out by Jesus for there were those there those at that time who were looking for that kingdom that kingdom of God like Joseph of Arimathea who would be the one to ask Pilate for the body of Jesus Jesus himself who told his disciples that he would not drink of wine until he was in the kingdom of God the kingdom which would be known, revealed for all to see on the last day. So, when the Apostle Paul later would enter a city and preach in a synagogue there about Jesus, Paul was said to have spoken boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Later on, Paul would describe that kingdom, that kingdom of God, as not consisting of talk, but of power. Not of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And so the words of Jesus when he declared, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. What was Jesus talking about? Well, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. For then the sacrifice for the sins of the world, the entire world, had been made for your sins and for my sins when Christ was crucified on the cross. The acceptance of that sacrifice was signaled with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and with his ascension into heaven Days later, Jesus, the very Son of God, along with the Father, would send the Holy Spirit to the disciples gathered in Jerusalem as a gift. And there on Pentecost, that is what happened. The people, hearing the wonders done by God through Jesus in their own languages, and, and asked what they must do to take part in this outpouring of what? The kingdom of God. Peter declared, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that then is how the kingdom of God comes to man. 
by the sending of the Holy Spirit through our Lord and Savior Jesus in our baptisms into him. Still, locating, locating the kingdom of God here on earth in the here and now may not be as easy as it may seem. As Jesus himself taught when asked about it, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Therefore, as Jesus told Nicodemus, no one can actually see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. That is, washed, regenerated, renewed by the Holy Spirit through our baptisms into Christ. So summarizing, summarizing, the kingdom of God comes to us when the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts, faith which is not seen. So the kingdom of God itself at the present time, not seen. But when Christ comes on the last day, then God's kingdom will be seen. So Revelation 12, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. So what does this all mean? Well, it means that we, even as Christians, can have the same dilemma as Pontius Pilate. That dilemma? What to do with this Jesus, who definitely was a king, but whose kingdom is not of this world, but whose kingdom is nevertheless in this world, but not so visible? So when we are told, as we are by our theme for this evening, that we are to return to the kingdom of God, what is it exactly to which we are to return? I mean, the kingdom of God is noted above as a kingdom of power, and power has a signature of some sort, doesn't it? A signature. Working in the maintenance department, when I was at the seminary, we, we got a kick out of the whole seminary, the department got a kick out of a, a shorted street lamp on campus there when it was discovered why it was not functioning as it should. Having been hit by lightning, the power of the bolt had followed the ground wire into the ground as it should, but then had fused a clump of sand together into an impressive burned mass of something. The power of that lightning strike had a signature, a signature that could be seen. So what then is the signature of the power of the kingdom of God? Throughout history, it's been asserted to be different things. Whole worldly kingdoms, like the Byzantine Empire or the Holy Roman Empire. Monastic communities within those empires, like those of the Augustinians or Franciscans or Dominicans. Reform movements within those empires, like that of the Hussites in Bohemia or Another group in the Netherlands which sought to form communities like those of the early church. It's perhaps first with the Lutheran Reformation that the signature of the power of the kingdom of God was delinked from kingdoms and communities, from movements within the world, as the kingdom of God was seen as that which was 
what occurred when the word of God was proclaimed, the gospel of Jesus and the sacraments of the baptism, the Lord's Supper were administered according to his command. So the petition in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. That is when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. We learned that in confirmation class. Now, emigration to the New World, to the United States, would allow ethnic communities insulated from the world around them by their language to form around the word of God and the sacraments. But as the language brought from the old world was lost in the new, and the uniqueness of the history of each group faded into memory, and old world identities ceased to exist, what then would be the signature of the power of the kingdom of God? Ludafisk? Ludafisk dinner every year? Oktoberfest? The observance of Santa Lucia's day? Not then, then what? certain political viewpoint, a social movement of some sort, a set of economic principles. What is the signature of the power of the kingdom of God? Well, again, the kingdom of God is within us. And so that signature of the power of the kingdom of God is to be found there. As the Apostle Paul put it, that is the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. And that then comes from what? This righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. Well, often the attempt is made to create, to create a peace and a joy and then call that peace and joy a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. When I was in high school, for example, we beat our crosstown rivals in basketball by five points on their court in a packed gymnasium, standing room only, the crowd being so loud at the outset that the refs had to grab us to stop playing because we couldn't hear their whistles, even on the court. My teammates were so happy, so joyful when the final horn sounded and we had won that he grabbed me and he threw me up into the air. We were joyful that evening and joyful the next day with pictures of the game all over the newspaper and joyful on Monday when we went back to school and could bask in the glory of having beaten our crosstown rivals. But that joy was not a joy created by the Holy Spirit within us, a joy of the kingdom of God. It was a joy of the kingdom of man. And the peace which financial stability and good health can bring to us is not the peace created by the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God. And the righteousness, the righteousness that can be credited to a hero of some sort who accomplishes some great feat in the world is simply a worldly righteousness, not the righteousness that is the perfect righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ credited to to us by faith, faith created within us by the Holy Spirit of God. When churches, therefore, try to create such worldly peace and righteousness and joy with some other means than the proclamation of the gospel, with the administration of the body and blood of Christ, given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sins, the signature of the kingdom of God, the signature of power, simply is not there. And equating the signature of the power of the kingdom of God with the signatures of the powers of the kingdoms of men 
You know, it just leads us into despair. Yes, initial euphoria as we believe when moved and manipulated this way and that, that we found the kingdom of God here on earth, but realization eventually sets in that we've been duped. Duped in some way. And then all that we have left to do is to fall into despair and confusion like Pontius Pilate and wonder, wonder what actually is the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God. Where is it? Well, we simply listen to and believe the very first sermon of Jesus, his words. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We